Blog Talk Radio. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Episode 2 of Take 30 with Stephen Ercantalo. This is a new and inspired 30-minute chat with renowned paranormal investigator Stephen Ercantalo. My name is Kevin Hartley, Stephen's co-host, and here we go. Unscripted with no boundaries, but yes, we do have a topic. Have you ever wanted to learn how to use the Ouija board? how to do a proper Ouija board session and where you would start and what the right environment would be. Well, that's what we're going to talk about with Stephen tonight. Uh, if you know Stephen, he's right into the Ouija board so much, he's got it tattooed on his chest. His phone cover's got a Ouija board on it. He's got, I don't know, he's got so much Ouija board stuff because he is the paranormal expert. Writer of an, a soon-to-be-released book on the paranormal creating a paranormal board game sought after to speak and present at paranormal and horror conventions, thought-leading, groundbreaking paranormal expert with a new TV show, Urban Legends of the Paranormal, coming out on Roku this fall, where recently he pushed the bounds of paranormal investigation to the brink of his own death. I'm glad he's alive. I'm glad he's here, because in my world, this guy has inspiration, consistency, integrity, kindness, generosity, honesty, and vulnerability. He really is my buddy, my friend, and the man we want to hear from, Stephen Ercantalo. How are you, buddy? I am very well. I, you know, I need to get, like, I need to download something on here just to, uh, like, clapping hands. So when you're done, I just hit that <laughs> button and my hands just clap. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I'm very well. soundboard. I think you can get, yeah, I think you can get those little soundboards for an iPad or something like that and just, you know, laughing, yeah. crying. <laughs> yeah, basic little thing. Yeah, I saw them on Amazon Prime. That's funny. So loving this new little format that we're doing, these little 30-minute snippets. I think it's great. People can put it on their iPod or their their iPads and just listen to us while they're working out and get a little 30-minute bite instead of our usual two-hour Saturday night blitz, which I hope people turn into. To turn into. Uh, we're gonna do the we're gonna do these little 30-minute podcasts called Take 30 with Stephen and Kirkintalo. At seven o'clock uh, on various nights throughout the week. I think we'll just drop them when we feel we've got some stuff ready. But uh, uh, Saturday nights at nine is the Stephen Urquintalo podcast. So I hope you all tune in for that if you're enjoying these little Take 30 shows that we're doing as well. Today, um, talk about the Ouija board. Talk about, I think you've talked a little bit about this on our other podcast, but talk about how you actually got into that as part of your paranormal? When did you decide to get it tattooed on your body? And I know you do some some out there, bold, different things for your Ouija sessions, but what's what's the right way to use it? What's the right expectation to have of a Ouija session? And what's the the right environment to set up for it? Yeah, so on, I believe it was episode one, part one, where I talked about you know, how to start a paranormal thing. I think I mentioned when I used the Ouija board, which was um, at my grandma and grandpa's. It was after my grandpa passed away. And I've always been curious with the Ouija board. And it was after she, you know, I was getting attacked and bullied in the field. And I took like about maybe a year off or so, no, no longer than a year. And my grandma said, you know, what's wrong? Because she could tell there was something wrong. I wasn't doing what I loved anymore. And I told her about everything. And she pretty much just said, fuck it, you know, do it your way because they're already hating and you're not even doing it your way. So I was like, she's right. So the next day 
I literally went live on Facebook for the first time, not the first time ever going live, but the first time I went live on Facebook using a Ouija board. And I bled on it. I cut myself and bled on it and did things my way and everything blew up. And I realized that, like I've, like I've said, I know many podcasts before and, and, and all of everything. That's when I really found my niche and my alter ego. And that was it. It is who I am. It's everything that I represent. I love the Ouija board. I I just love what it is, like the symbol of it, what it really represents. You know, now how it, what it represents is something that's different than what people believe it is. And we're going to get into that. But that's when I first used the Ouija board. And um, when I got it tattooed on me, I was actually going to get a tattoo. I maybe got it like six months after I used the Ouija board. And I was actually going to get the bat symbol on my chest, which half of it was going to be the Batman thing. And the other half was going to be the outline, but it say, ha, 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 like the Joker. And I'm so glad I did not get that. So cheesy. I really like, <laughs> like Batman, but not like that. You know, I was just really yeah. good. And I don't know why it never registered with me, a Ouija board. And then one day I was like, I could just get a Ouija board on my chest. <laughs> and I did, you know, the, and that, that was it. And I was like, you know, I love it. It's what represents me. And it might've been just all the attacks I was getting, you know, and People just saying shit pretty much just was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to become a walking, talking Ouija board. And I literally am one now. Yeah. And it also kind of made me, I, I, I remember now that I'm talking about it out loud. I remember when all the hate was going on, I was banned from a lot of locations in the field, especially after bleeding on one. And then putting human ashes on it. Um, and then I was getting banned from a lot of locations because of that. So Believe it or not, a lot of locations change their do's and don'ts to no Ouija boards allowed because of what I was doing. So I figured, okay, that helped me. Because, that, of, that because was, of the blood and the ashes, not because of the Ouija board. You, correct. So they just thought, oh, my God, people are now doing this in the field when really it was just me doing it. So okay. they kind of okay. said no Ouija boards are allowed in locations. And then my name started circulating like, oh, you're not even allowed in this location. So I was like, you know what? They can't stop me with a Ouija board tattoo. Okay, I won't bring a Ouija board in. I'll just become a walking, talking Ouija board. Done. So, yeah, I mean, I had the pants. I have Ouija board shoes, Ouija board phone case. I have Ouija board. I, I have Ouija board almost anything pretty much I could think of. Um, and that's it. I just love it. It's kind of resurfaced lately as, a, as, a, as an icon from the past. It's sort of... I don't know. It seems like there's a little renaissance of popularity for it. Yeah, it's, it is. And I mean, I love that it is. And I just wish people would tell the truth about it more. Everyone thinks they're going to get possessed over it and this and that, but that's just Hollywood, you know, because back in the twenties, 1920s, the Ouija board was a household item on everybody's table. You walked in, that's what it was. All of a sudden it's become terrifying and, and horrible. And I mean, I have it literally tattooed on me. I bleed on one. I put human ashes on it. I, I ask for these things to happen and nothing bad has happened to me. So I don't understand what people are getting at from it, except for the fact that every story they'll say, I even, I even stop and I said, let me guess, you use it as a kid. They said, yes. And I said, exactly. You use it with your friends with the thought of something bad happening. Never has that planchette ever moved with anybody because my thing is, is, before we get into how, like, I guess to conduct one in an actual session, let's talk about this. And if spirits and ghosts can 
close a door, make a knock, and do all of these things without a vessel, I'm pretty sure that a spirit can push a piece of plastic, the planchette, that doesn't even weigh a pound. I'm pretty sure we, a, a, a spirit can push that without your hands needing to touch it, especially if they can close doors and make sounds without a human okay. vessel. Yep. Right? That makes sense. Yep. So why would you, why would everybody need to be touching it? Because somebody's moving it subconsciously or consciously somebody is moving it so what i do is i'll open the session with the planchette and i open it with however many people are using it if i'm just using it i'll touch it i'll move it clockwise one time and i move it to yes and then i'll pull out the spirit box which scans which i scan it at 150 milliseconds and i'll put that on the ouija board which is just like a technology version of the ouija board so you can actually hear the, the, the voices and the sounds and everything coming through while it's on the Ouija board. Now, if I had two people using the Ouija board, we would move it two times clockwise, move it to yes, take our hands off of it, put the spirit box on. Same if it was four people, five people, whatever. That many times gotcha. clockwise into it. That's how I do it. And then I'll bleed on it. Then I'll add human ashes or whatever it is that I feel like doing for it to it. Sometimes I'll light candles on it, you know, black candles on the corners. My Ouija board is covered in a little bit of black wax, blood everywhere, all over, dry blood everywhere. And you can see the human ashes that dry to the dry blood. That's how I do things. That's what I do with it. I have used the Ouija board on my chest, so there's no limits to how I'll use a Ouija board. I'll use it in a cemetery. I'll use it in my house. It doesn't matter where I, where I go with it. Now, the proper way to use one. And again, this is my, everybody has their own opinion on how to properly use one, not based off the years of me studying them and looking at them and reading about them. I'm just going to go based off a number of things into one, you know, because I'm sure there's 20 million rules and somebody's always creating a new rule for it. So I know rule one is that I don't actually, I don't even know like the order of these, but so I'm just going to say number one, never play it alone. I'm going to break down each one as to how it just doesn't make sense to me, but I'm still going to properly yeah, say how sure. to do it. So rule number Perfect. one, never play it alone. One, I have no idea why that's a rule being, let's just say you can get possessed. Hypothetically, let's say you can, whether you're playing it alone or with somebody, I'm pretty sure the possession isn't going to matter if somebody's there with you or not. You know, like what's that one person going to do if you truly get possessed by a demon? They're going to help you? No, they're not. So I don't understand the concept of never play it alone. Right. Um, number two is never play it in a cemetery. Why that's one of them, I have no idea. Because those are just lifeless vessels buried in the dirt. Your energy is no longer in your subconscious energy and your consciousness and energy and anything is no longer in that vessel. Otherwise, that vessel would be moving. Correct? Just like anything. It's no energy whatsoever. That's why it breaks down, it decomposes, and becomes bones. And over the many years, it actually becomes ash because the bones just crumble. So I'm confused why people think cemeteries are haunted when there really is zero energy there within the body or the body would be moving still. It would be alive. So that doesn't make any sense to me either. And don't if you're trying to conduct something, I don't know why you wouldn't go where something is claimed to be haunted. 
Otherwise, it's just not, it doesn't make any sense. So number three, there's pretty much three major rules and these are it. And number three is always say goodbye. So ah. yeah, um, that doesn't make any sense to me either because hmm. let's just say, let's just say you never use a Ouija board, right? <laughs> And you're doing a paranormal investigation. There's many paranormal investigator people out there who have never used a Ouija board, terrified of doing one, whatever. But they're out there conducting investigations with what we talked about in, you know, episode one, part one and two, with the night vision camera, the spirit box, the whatever equipment you right. want to use, even a K2 meter. Can you come light this thing up right now? Let's just say they say that for the K2 meter. Well, technically, you just asked it a question, the same questions that you would ask if you're using a Ouija board. Can you see me right now? Who are you right now? Can you make a knock right now? Regardless, you're still opening communication. And you're not saying goodbye when you do those. So what right. is the difference between saying goodbye to an alphabet that's printed in a factory for 1999? It doesn't make any sense. It's not going to change the outcome, and it's not going to cause anything, again, hypothetically, if something comes through on the spirit, uh, Ouija board. It's not going to make sense whether you say goodbye or not. Now, in my opinion... If you are a paranormal investigator or an enthusiast with the paranormal, whatever, why would you want it to, why would, let's say all that works. Why would you want to say goodbye if what you're trying to do is document proof? Wouldn't you want it to come home with you? Wouldn't you want this to follow you so you can document it and share it? That like, that's, that's what it is you do. And at this point, you don't even have to go pay thousands of dollars to go to a location. You literally are the one that's being haunted. So now you can just conduct your own investigation right around you. So I don't understand why these things are not happening in the field. And the other thing, I forgot what it was. Never use it alone. Always say goodbye. Oh, and never take your hand off the planchette. Because apparently if you take your hand off the planchette, that's like breaking the whole entire seal. And oh my God, it's done for you. Just broke the circle. Now you're letting things in. That makes no sense to me either. Hmm. So I, I, like, I can't even really touch base on that. Like That just logically doesn't make any sense. Because whether you're using it or not, if you open something up, you open something. If I open up a door, you have to close the door by taking your hand off the doorknob to move it to the other side of the doorknob, correct? Right, right. So I don't understand how that's relevant whatsoever to opening a door in the paranormal field or opening a door in the real world. It, to me, it doesn't even matter. Plus, if these things are energy, I'm pretty sure they can just travel through the wall i'm pretty sure they can just travel through without closing you're not really closing anything you're not you don't have that ability to say okay here's how here's how we'll go into this you open up your door right your front door and you keep it open all day long and you live in a shitty neighborhood right chances are leave your car doors open everything chances are something is going to get stolen from that right but you're not it, it, it's because actually bad example a robbery, right? Someone knocks on your door, open up the door, there's a robber there, right? You're not going to say no. You're not to come in. I'm, I'm demanding you to not come in and take my stuff. Um, they have a gun. They're going to take it. That's their intention, correct? They're not going to – you saying that is not going to stop right. them from doing what they plan to do. So right. how are you – and you could see this person literally with your eyes and touch them physically. How are you able to do that to energy that you can't see? You go into a place. You're not to follow me home. You are not to come here. What? What? Like you're telling something that you can't even see that literally does it. You, how are you able to control that when you can't even control a human being who has intentions on doing something 
if, if a being has intentions on doing something, they're going to do it, whether you tell them yes or no. And same with the energy. It's the same concept. The only reason this energy exists, which we know of, is because they were once a being. Energy just doesn't create a voice. Energy just doesn't create something that's able to speak, you know? Um, so I don't understand how people believe they have the power to do such things. So, but that's how you properly use a Ouija board. You set up, you sit down, you sit, apparently not in a cemetery, never use one alone, always say goodbye, never take your hands off the planchette. It's pretty much it. And then there's like tiny little ones that are like, never ask how you're going to die. Never ask certain things like that. And I don't right. know who did. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know, like, there's just so many rules that keep coming more and more and more and more to install fear, you know, inside of it. But it doesn't make sense to me because I, I take my hand off the planchette all the time. I always play alone. I bleed on it. I literally put dead human ashes on it. And I never say goodbye. And nothing bad has ever happened to me. Into the right. into the I mean, bad shit happens to me, but that's because bad shit happens to people. So to blame the fact that I was in an accident, that I wasn't in an accident two years ago, but let's say I get in an accident two years from now, I can't blame that because I use the Ouija board. And that's what a lot of people do. They'll be like, oh, you know, I just had such bad luck lately. Oh my God, I used the Ouija board four months ago. I bet that's why. That's, that's no, that's just because things right. happen. It's like yeah, it's like people breaking a mirror and saying, oh, I've had my seven years bad luck is coming. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's so crazy how people be like, no, 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 you're, you're wrong. Because I asked the Ouija board if something bad was going to happen. And my mom passed away two weeks after. Okay, but she probably was going to pass away regardless, whether you asked this or not, or how someone's going to die. Like someone even actually told me they used the Ouija board and it said the color of like the car that their, their, their like brother or something died in. And I was like, okay, but you moved it to that color because you knew the color of the car. You know, like, how does a ghost that has no... So you're telling me that a complete stranger, right, that you're in a haunted location where you don't know any of the entities or spirits, right, because they're not anything to you or whatever, told you the color of, yeah. the, of the brother's car that never even knew you. So when you die, you're telling me that all of a sudden you have all these godlike powers to just know everything about everybody. None of it makes sense. Like it's so unreal, unrealistic that it just doesn't make sense. It makes more sense to think logically when it comes to a field that's not factual. But everybody wants to be so far-fetched and just think that the Ouija board only brings out demons. Zozo, the Ouija board demon, was never a real demon all of these many years ago when, when, when these, when angels and demons and, and the devil roamed earth and the devil was an angel and all of this shit, when all of that was talked about way back when God only knows how long, you know, Zozo never existed. Zozo is a fairly new demon. So how are we creating demons? The new age century. That doesn't make any sense. All because yeah. you believe the Ouija board is something. So what was Zozo prior to the Ouija board? Oh, he just didn't exist because he's Zozo the Ouija board came in. It none of it makes sense. <laughs> so it sounds like a, a little bit of a marketing ploy. I, so I did a bit of research, and uh, what I understand is that everything you said is, is you know sort of how to use the Ouija board, but it's sort of coming into being. Happened about the mid 1800s, and happened as a way 
because there were a lot of spiritualists or spirit, apparently spiritualist camps in Ohio where you are uh, mm-hmm. that uh, they, they would hold seances and they would ask the spirits to knock on a wall or knock on a table or make a table rise, or they'd have a, um, a horn, a, a horn, a megaphone, almost like a horn, like what cheerleaders used um, or used to use back in the day sort of thing. And that, you know, the spirit was going to speak through that. And I think a lot of that was disproven as um, illusion um, tricks um, mm-hmm. and nothing terribly spiritual. So the Ouija board, as I understood what I read, sort of came as a sort of rather than going and paying to go to one of these seances was kind of the kind of the modern version of now everybody can do it at home. Exactly. Um, and and that's and that's what it came up came up to. And then mm-hmm. there was another another thing or I often see it pictured as people doing it um, sitting face to face with their knees touching and they have it on their knees. Mm-hmm. Anything about that or does it have to be on a table or yeah. Well, if they're okay, so I've I've never heard of that, but let's just say that is the case. Your knees to knees, one, you're not very well balanced. Two, the Ouija board is not very flat, so of course the planchette's going to move. Right, right, like it's slanted that over. Kind of, that kind of automatically creates some. Yeah, there's going to be some intention of movement. You're mm-hmm. probably nervous. I remember the time yeah. I did it playing Ouija board. Oh my God, we mm-hmm. were like, I don't know, we were teenagers. We were nervous as hell. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody was everybody was shaking, so of course it was moving. Um, yeah, and even the slightest movement, you're gonna freak out because it moved. Even if you're shaking, it's just is what it is. And you're in 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 all reality, your body is always twitching in some type of form because it's you're, you're it's always moving. No matter how much, it's always twitching and always moving. Right. So, so do you believe in the Ouija board or? What's your what's your stance on the Ouija board? I do not believe in the Ouija board. I and every time I say that, a lot of people are like, "Well, why do you use one? Why do you have it tattooed on you?" Because I like the idea of what it represents. That's yes, it. I love it. Well, how it looks, I love what it represents. It represents demonic shit. And I know it's, it's a, not the way. It's, it's a visual. It's a visual representation of what you do as a paranormal investigator. Exactly. And that I love. Rather than just getting a ghost on me. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, that's cool. Do you like oh, Halloween? Better than the bat signal. Or the bat signal. Exactly. Other than the bat Yeah, better than the bat signal. Way better. So that's what I love. That's what I love about it. Now, do I believe it works? I believe it works the way I do it. Because I'm literally putting human blood on it. I'm giving something energy. Right? And then I'm putting an electronic device on the board which therefore electromagnetic energy is energy. It, 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 all of energy is electromagnetic energy. Even the energy going through us right now with our brain waves and everything being connected and shooting through and making me be able to speak is a form of electromagnetic energy. So I believe spirits are electromagnetic energy. So to use a spirit box is better of a communication tool than a piece of plastic and a printed out thing with the alphabet. And this is what confused me. People think that the Ouija board is so dangerous. It's all in the elementary schools. The alphabet is literally hanging above a chalkboard with the one, two, threes. That's all the Ouija board is, except the difference is it's missing yes and no in the classrooms. So I don't understand really any, any anything that's any different than that. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, there's yes. So what's it composed of? It's, it, 
it's got its name. It's got Ouija across the top. It's got yes and no. It's got goodbye. And it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's images in the corner. Do those mystic images mean anything? No, no, just sun and moon, day and night, you know, just. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there is some type of meaning behind it if you ask somebody who's just a medium or psychic. I don't know. But they they have them called Ouija boards, spirit boards. There's so many different names now because Ouija is patent. So you can't really, you know, make your own and sell it for something, but you can call it a spirit board. Same concept. Gotcha. So gotcha. I don't know. That's I mean, that's pretty much how you use one. It's again, you just pull it out, sit down, put it on a flat surface, put your hands on the planchette. However many people are using it, that's how many times you go clockwise with it. Then don't take your hands off of it. Always say goodbye. Never use it in a cemetery. Never ask how you die. Those are the main things that I've came across that are always being mentioned when it comes to using it. You know, there are, like I said, a bunch of other, other things, but these are always the main things, the main key factors in doing so. Right. Now I've seen a couple different planchette designs. Mm-hmm. They're all sort of they're all sort of an elongated heart shape. Mm-hmm. Is it the, is it the point of the heart that is pointing to the number or the letter that you want to take note of, or is it? I've seen different ones that have either a hole or a glass orb in the middle of them. Is it mm-hmm. is it the letter or number that's under that hole or glass orb that you want to take note of? I think that varies based off what it looks like. So if, if it has a point and no hole, no like hole to see through, then obviously you got to go for the point because you can't see through right. it. As the glass, I'm assuming it's going to be through the glass. Now, it depends too if the glass, like say you're moving it over and the glass covers up. I'm not looking at my board right now or a board, but if say it's looking at, let's just say, right, that it's over the letter, I don't know, M. The glass whole thing is through M, but the point is like, I'm assuming it'd be pointing at a number because the numbers are below. I think then you're just going to base it off the question you asked. If you didn't ask it a question to be a number, then you're not going to go based off the point. You would go based off seeing through the glass. So again, it's all just perception like based, which has nothing really to do with proof, providing proof, documentation. It's... But I've seen round ones. I've seen round ones. You can also use a, that I've seen where you can use a glass, like an actual glass drinking cup and put your hand on that okay. and the glass will move. So for homemade ones. So I think, I feel like it's just based off kind of what it is that you're wanting to believe or wanting to look for or look at or how you want to perceive it to be. Well, and that's kind of what you have to sort of surmise the answers are too, right? I mean, if you asked a question about uh, is my mother going to die or how is my mother going to die? Well, everybody's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're probably asking that question because she's presently sick of something. Exactly, because you're not so, just going to rant. Be like, hey, I'm going to use a Ouija board. Is Kevin really going to die soon? Like, why would I ask that if you're not sick? But, like, if you have cancer and the doctor gave you three weeks to live, chances are I'm going to ask that, right, to see if the doctor was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and where so not, you get weird yeah. if you started asking how much time and so on. But, I mean, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, again, the power of persuasion, the power of mm-hmm. the law of attraction and what you mm-hmm. 
what you put out there. It's like if you say, I'm going to clean the garage in three hours, it's going to take you three hours. Mm-hmm. It's just what's going to happen, um, you know, because you've, you've put that out there. Very interesting. Very, this is very interesting uh, urban legend. It's very interesting mm-hmm. pop culture. Um, we're it's almost close to the end here. You with, had to – sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, speaking of urban legend, I'm actually going to be using the Ouija episode um, for urban legends of the paranormal. The Ouija board is going to be the key factor. Awesome. And are you still looking for Ouija boards? Yes. We've got some new listeners. You were looking for Ouija boards to use in this experiment. Yeah. So if you want to contact me, mail them to me. They will come back to you exactly how you gave them to me. I just want different people's energies and different boards to use for this experiment. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thanks for that. I, I, like I say, I played with a Ouija board as a kid with my teenage friends and didn't really know, uh, what else, uh, what else I could ask about it, but, uh, wanted your insight. So thanks very much. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That's this episode of we'll be back again sometime soon. Have a great day. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you for tuning in.